As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to another episode of the Hayley Morecambe podcast. I am so excited you're here for showing up for yourself, your self-love and self-care. Each week, I gift you the permission and the space to claim the most happy, healthy, abundant life and give you access to the most sparkliest version of you. On this journey together, we'll learn and grow and thrive to be the best version of ourselves. We don't settle for anything less than incredible. I'm your host, Haley, a fitness and nutrition coach, writer, former radio host and journalist, advocate for self-love and self-care, and all-round wellness guru. I'm a mama to the most divine little girl and a fur parent to a cheeky little cavoodle. I am so pumped to take you into another magical episode. Are you ready? Let's go. Melanie Nolan is the founder of The Natal Naturopath. An experienced naturopath and a mum to three daughters, Willow, River and Hunter, Melanie is an evidence-based practitioner who has guided thousands of women back to health through her e-courses, e-books and consultations. She also sees clients individually and has a special interest in infertility, pregnancy care and postpartum depletion and exhaustion. Melanie says she understands the way women's bodies work back to front. She knows exactly why women go to the doctors and come back with no answers. She is aware of where things are missed in the medical system, including nutritional deficiencies, hormonal imbalances, out of control stress hormones, lack of happy hormones, poor gut health, underactive thyroid, and the list goes on. During today's inspirational and educational chat, we cover off the role naturopaths play in helping women claim radiant health, identifying when you may need to reach out for help, why we shouldn't settle for feeling crappy, how to bring our hormones into balance, fertility, 
pregnancy, postpartum, PCOS, endometriosis, and so much more. Let's jump into our conversation with Melanie Nolan. Hi, Melanie. Thanks so much for jumping into this chat today. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure and it is always so nice to get to know the story behind the voice and the name because we are in the Mm. podcast realm of things. So can you start us off by giving us a little background, Melanie, of how you came into what you're doing now, all the beautiful work you're doing with women's health, how it all started. And obviously um, we know as well, you've got a beautiful family. So Mm -hmm. can you give us a bit of a background of how you came Mm -hmm. to where you are today? So in high school, I had my own health troubles. So I was really prone to recurrent tonsillitis, um, a really poor immune system, like honestly would get every bug under the sun every fortnight. And I was on antibiotics, you know, I felt like six months of a year, like it was getting really, really bad. And I saw a naturopath and she truly changed the way I saw my body, the way I saw the medical system and uh, why I was getting so sick so often. So, you know, that certainly planted a seed in, wow, I just loved what she did and what an incredible knowledge base she had about things. And I suppose that certainly opened the door for me around natural ways of treating um, conditions or problems in the, in their body. And so that did certainly plant that seed for me. And then as I became a mother, so I had my first daughter, I was quite young and I found her pregnancy a complete breeze. But once she was here, I felt my health really had never been worse. And I felt, you know, the things that I felt were like absolutely no energy. I felt extremely faint when I stood up every time. Um, I would actually see stars every time I stood up, to be honest. I was so moody. I really was like having these massive lows um, and like this high level of anxiety that I'd never experienced before. I also had bruises everywhere all the time and my immune system did start to plummet again. And I was losing weight and I was eating and eating, eating. And I just didn't feel, um, in fact, I felt so depleted. That was the word I would use, very depleted in all avenues. Um, And I went to uh, like the doctor's clinic a couple of times and I said, there's something really wrong with me. I do not feel well. Like I don't remember what it feels like to feel like me anymore. You know, at this point, Willow was nearly 12 months old and maybe a bit older actually. And all I put it down to and what everyone was telling me in my external world was you're a mum now. This is, this is life. You feel really run down and crap and tired. You're going to feel so tired. And I think I accepted that for a really long time. But then I got to a point where I was like, no, this is not okay. And I, I really hate how I feel. Um, I felt a lot of frustration around seeing GPs that I chose to see and I suppose feeling very dismissed, um, with how I was feeling and, and again, being told by the medical world that I, how I was feeling was very normal, was just reiterating that, that thought of like, oh, I'm a mum now. Am I meant to feel this physically and emotionally unwell? So I had already started studying naturopathy when Willow was a little baby I actually um, found out I was pregnant the week I enrolled into this bachelor degree. So I was like, oh my goodness, how am I going to, how am I going to have a baby and study this four year degree? 
but um, as any mum knows, you just make it work. Mm. So I had some amount of knowledge about natural sort of, you know, uh, health, but I think I was so early on in my degree, I didn't understand the intricacies of a female body at all. And um, as time went on, I learned so much more and I really became the answer that I was looking for. So I learned so much about why I was feeling the way I was. And that's where the idea for my whole business has, has come from was that, you know, just because you're a mum does not mean you need to feel this certain way. And then I learned so much. So then I fell pregnant with my twin girls um, three years after I had Willow and I had this sort of panic, like, oh my God, if I feel that same way again, after I have the twins, how can I cope when I have now three children, not just one? Um, so I made sure I was so on top of my health through the pregnancy supplements and blood tests. Um, and so by the time they were born, I had this really firm postnatal plan for myself on what I was going to be working on. And my experience postpartum with them was the biggest, like the biggest, uh, I would, so I would say it was the complete opposite of Willow's postpartum experience, which is interesting to people when they say, but you had twins. And I'm like, it was easier. I felt so much better. I recovered. I bounced back so quickly. I recovered. I did not have any of the symptoms I had originally. And all of those symptoms in the end were severe depletion and nutritional deficiencies. Like my anemia was insane. You know, I, I could barely make it up a flight of stairs and I kept telling doctors that and no one was really, I guess, picking up on the cues of like, wow, that's really, that's anemia right there. And your vitamin D is really low and your B12 is really low. And um, so I just made sure I was on top of everything for when I had the twins so that I could cope better with them because I knew if I didn't put myself first, they would suffer. And so that's really where this business came from is caring for mums that are trying to have a baby that are pregnant or have had a baby or just women in their early, any stage of life, really women in any stage of life, whatever concern they've got, that's what we, we deal with. So uh, as a naturopath, I deal with thyroid issues, um, hormonal issues. And then what I said, so the whole baby journey from start to finish as well, Mm, wow. That is, mm. um, it's such a nice story to know that the reason you got to where you are today is because you went through it yourself. And you, you hear yes. a lot of people in the natural wellness world, they've gone through some experience and they've gone through their own journey and they've seen where you can then help you know, other women in your situation, because your story mm-hmm. is so common. And like you it said, is. right at the start, a lot of women would think, and a lot of friends were telling you, that's just normal. That's just yeah. normal. Like mm-hmm. you must see that all the time that other women are saying. I know oh, constantly. And I think unfortunately things are so normalized. So suffering and feeling exhaustion and dealing with really wonky hormones, that's actually very normalized because it's so common. But I say to people a lot, what's common isn't normal. Just because nine out of 10 women have this issue, that does not mean that the body was physiologically designed to function in that way. Mm. So even mm. when you're saying you like you went to doctors and you were, you know, you're back at the doctor's clinic a lot and they were running those blood tests, what wasn't showing up on those blood tests? I suppose a full-blown disease. So mm-hmm. 
I, I really learn and, um, you know, this is reiterated with all of my clients that their doctor and doctors in general, the way that they are looking at a blood test is this very different to how a naturopath would look at a blood test. So I, I believe they were looking for, um, you know, full blown diseases and conditions in me and they weren't present. In fact, it was just depletion and really suboptimal levels of everything. Mm. However, you know, that wasn't really being seen as the cause of my problems when it was the cause. Mm. Mm. That's Mm. incredible. So how do you, if someone was coming to you for an appointment and you were talking about blood work, how does, how do you look at it differently than what a doctor would? So naturopaths look at blood tests very strictly, I would say. So if we look at reference ranges, reference ranges are, it's quite interesting the way they're actually picked and designed and created a reference range. So it's based on an entire population of very, very sick people and healthy people. And so if you take the average of anything, um, not like odd numbers will throw out the entire range. So the range is designed at the moment. I don't, I don't personally believe they really capture true health. So they're very, very broad. So if someone is on, for example, if we just say uh, ferritin, so ferritin is our stored iron in our liver, mm-hmm. it's reference range. Um, normally starts at 30 and every pathology place is different. So this is another issue of of inconsistency that if you go to one pathology place versus another the next day, something might get picked up on one day and something might get um, missed the next just because of the inconsistencies in the reference ranges. But they're very, very wide. And so, you know, you might not have a full disease just just because, you know, um, your level is within the range. But if you're on either side of the reference range and not quite in the middle, it is well known that you will already have symptoms and um, problems heading towards an actual condition or problem that really needs serious treatment. So as a naturopath, we want people to be in great health, not be suffering from symptoms, but without a full-blown condition yet. So... Mm -hmm. You know, if your ferritin is at 30, that is the bottom end of a reference range. And most of the time you'll be told you're fine, your iron level's fine. Whereas a week later you go to 29 and all of a sudden the lab puts a star next to it and then something might get done about it. So we look at it that, you know, you need to be really quite in the middle of, of a reference range to have that optimal health um, free of, of symptoms and, and problems. Mm. That's so mm. interesting. Like you're saying those reference ranges are out because there's a lot of sick people mm-hmm. that would go to the doctor. So that would, you know, that would just, of course, you know, that's average, yeah, just really. Yeah. Those, those and like, readings. you know, the, the thyroid, um, sorry, thyroid stimulating hormone or TSH, the reference range got significantly cut down to be stricter in 2003. But a lot of practitioners have noticed that some pathology labs aren't, um, didn't pick that up. So they've decided to remain with the prior to 2003 reference ranges. So this comes back to inconsistency where you go to one pathology lab and all of a sudden you have a problem, but then a few months later you go to another one and you're fine. So Mm. that is... I think where a lot of people do go under the radar and their issues might get missed for a little while. 
Yeah. Wow. So those, mm. that blood work, just staying on that topic, is this blood, do you look at blood work that people go to the doctor to see, or do you, do, do you mm. go, do people come to you and you refer them on to get the blood test? Like how so does that work? Both. Yeah. Mm. So both, um, as I'm not covered by Medicare because I'm not a GP, whatever blood test that we decide we want to do, the lab will charge the patient privately. So there is that, that, that expense there. So most women that see me though have already gone through the medical system mm-hmm. and this is really common that a naturopath is your last resort. So, oh my God, I really feel like I'm getting nowhere and I still feel this way and I wasn't given many answers. What, what else can I turn to? What else exists? And so often people go to naturopaths when they're at the, like the last resort they're at the end of their tether they they're so sick and tired of being sick and tired Mm. so they normally are armed with a lot of testing um whether it's from gps obstetricians gynecologists endocrinologists they've already got all their test results and if they don't and we decide we want to find out more we can order them ourselves yeah wow Mm. i'm hearing that a lot i was actually talking to my acupuncturist the other day and she said those exact words that we are the people's last resort unfortunately they've gone through the system they're still not getting these answers and then they're starting to look at that holistic or natural approach where i guess would you agree that you'd like that to flip on its head you know start having that proactive (laughs) approach like is that part of a vision of yours preventative care so you know um natural health is all about prevention so when we see people coming to us much earlier on in in their timeline of their health concern for example or well before a health concern has popped up then we're in that preventative stage and that's a lot easier to rectify um, once we have a condition and have had a condition or a problem for years and years it is a really hard work it is a lot of work to reverse that or just get back to a a better level of functioning. Yeah, that's right. So Mm -hmm. for people that aren't really even sure the role of a naturopath, can you just explain that to us as well? Yeah. So naturopaths are, gosh, such a big question, isn't it? We are, so the word holistic um, gets gets tossed around a lot, but it is, um, I think, a word worth exploring. Mm. So holistic we look at every aspect of your functioning. So we do not just look at the symptom that you are telling us. We look at every other organ system. Um, so we really truly believe that every organ system interplays with one another. So the human body is not a separate Uh, sorry, a group of separate things that work on their own. It is like very intertwined and interconnected. And if we've got one symptom, it gives us a very big clue into where the issue is lying, but there's going to be other symptoms like potentially causing the issue. Mm. Um, We very much search for the root cause. So we do not symptom treat, although symptom treating can be a part of making someone feel better initially. We look for the root cause of the concern. So for example, if the concern was fatigue, we look at all the different things and all the different body systems that are involved in creating energy and where it might be going wrong. And we look at someone's emotional health, their physical health, mental health, spiritual, all of it creates health. So we definitely look holistically at the whole person. Yeah, that's right. Treatment, we use... Um, clinical nutrition 
or herbal medicine or homeopathy so or a mixture of all three also like lifestyle and diet um nutrition factors as well yeah which is amazing, mm. which is not what you get from, you know, heading to the mm. doctor. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, you know, there's not a lot of time if you were to head to the doctor, for example, you know, for them to sit down and talk about all those things, is there? Like they just kind of, you know, um, prescribe you something to fix that symptom and not so much look at the cause. That's so, right. Yeah, That's right. Just- they really don't have enough time in the consultation mm-hmm. and they are definitely looking at, treating a real serious problem right there and then um that needs like a a medication or they're Mm. looking at um you know yeah more serious things normally Mm. whereas we as naturopaths really are all about those people that yes do have a lot of conditions and diseases but also majority of my clients don't have any diagnosed problems it's just they're not feeling good and so there could be 10 things that they're feeling is wrong with them Mm. but I guess they don't quite fit that um area of like I need a doctor to help me or I need a gynecologist an endocrinologist but I just don't feel well Mm. yeah and you just take away that confusion and um Mm. give them a little bit more clarity I love that what would you say the biggest thing is your um clients are coming to with to you with at the moment Mm. is it a lot of like this stress and fatigue and depletion Mm. that you're talking about that you suffered yeah I would say the first I'm sorry the biggest complaint our client base has is exhaustion so Mm. fatigue that is well and truly not normal um where it's debilitating them and impeding their functioning on and their happiness and enjoyment i think the second thing would be um hormonal complaints so Mm -hmm. their menstrual cycle there's something wrong with that and there's so many aspects to a menstrual cycle but there's something going wrong that they're that they're noticing Mm -hmm. Um, infertility is a huge one and then fourth i would say would be thyroid concerns so ticking every single box of having a thyroid problem yet not being diagnosed with a thyroid problem at the doctor's clinic, for example. Obviously, like you were saying then, your thyroid um, Mm. and a lot of those hormonal issues that people are coming with, what do you you think is the underlying cause that you mainly see? Like, is it nutrition? Is it environment? Is Mm. it stress? What is it? I would say stress to Mm -hmm. start with is normally the biggest driver of concerns. Um, Definitely, I think the notion of society, go, 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 you need to have a thousand things on your plate and just life in general, I don't think our nervous systems are evolutionarily designed for society. So I I really think that that's probably the biggest aspect. Um, And then lifestyle things, so poor nutrition and I think not eating a whole food diet is probably another big aspect. And then we've just got, I think, general depletion. And the biggest cause of depletion that I've seen in my clinic is pregnancy and birthing and breastfeeding. So it just Mm. takes so much from you and it takes a lot to put it back into the body, which, you know, is hard to do when you don't have the knowledge of what you're doing and the doses and, you know, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Wow. So going, um, before we, I was just about to jump into the pregnancy and the post-pregnancy there, but if Mm. we look at fertility beforehand, 
What mm. are some things that you're noticing that's coming up in clinic and also some things that we can do? Um, I remember reading a post um, from you recently and saying, you know, um, a woman can start acting as though they're pregnant now, um, yeah. you know, and start doing those things. So, you know, yeah. we are seeing a lot of infertility in society at the moment. Mm. Are there things that we can be doing or women that can be doing to have that, like you said, that proactive approach? Yeah. 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 So I definitely speak about that a lot on my Instagram where I say, um, so every single egg we have takes around a hundred days to get from the starting point to the end point to be released to, um, hopefully be conceived into a baby. So, you know, prior to wanting to try for a baby, we need to be treating our body as though we're already pregnant, which means really looking after it. So yeah. I often say to my clients, you know, for example, clients of mine, they're going to an F45 session six days a week. They're drinking a, um, a huge latte when they finish, they skip breakfast, they work all day, they come home, they don't eat a great meal. They then binge drink on the weekend, for example, and then they don't have much sleep and then they start all over again. Yeah. You know, I've said to a lot of my clients, would you do that if you were eight months pregnant? And all of them are like, oh God, no. Mm. And I'm like, well, half of your baby that you want is already there developing. It's starting now. If you stay from today in a hundred days, half of your baby has started its pre-development before being conceived. So we need to treat your body and, um, as though you're pregnant because it's going to impact the baby. Everything you do in those three months impacts the health of the egg. So the health of the egg is of the utmost importance because if the health of the egg isn't great, the sperm actually has to do a lot of work to fix the damage, interestingly enough. Mm. So any DNA damage or any issues we've got with the egg itself, um, it's on the sperm to repair those little slight issues to hopefully successfully conceive. And if the sperm isn't of amazing quality either, then we get an issue with not conceiving or conceiving and miscarrying quite early on. Yeah. Wow. Like you were saying mm. with that lifestyle choices, you know, is over-exercise one of them? Yeah, absolutely. So for people, you know, every, every person's different and what their body can tolerate with exercise. So what I really noticed is over-exercising, what it does is it puts you in a, in a calorie deficit if you're not eating enough. So mm, yeah. someone can over-exercise and when I say over-exercise, they can exercise at a high level and train significantly as long as they're repleting their body with the correct amount of calories. Unfortunately, in society, that's not happening with many women. So they're, they're really exercising at a high standard and then under-eating and so for fertility, research suggests you need around 2,500 calories coming in daily for your body to feel extremely safe and your nervous system to be at its kind of lowest amount of stress. So mm. our gut cells are amazing. They register how many calories we're eating and they send messages up to our glands. So our master hormone gland is the hypothalamus gland and the pituitary gland. And these gut cells tell those glands, hey, we actually don't have enough calories today just letting you know, you might want to start limiting hormones because if this continues, we don't want to have a baby right now mm, because yeah. the baby is, is virtually a parasite. So, you know, 
your body will want to prioritize your life over babies, you know, over having a baby. So it's going to start to limit your hormonal signals over time. So if someone is exercising at a high standard every day and they're not replenishing the calories, then we've got this issue of the gut saying we are in a deficit Mm. and that is enough for us to start shutting down non-essential activities in the body. And the first non-essential activity that's always shut down is our fertility center or or our hormonal center because you can survive very well without having a baby. As sad as that is to so many people, that's just the way the body will prioritize its functioning. Wow. That's incredible. Mm. That is mm. so eye-opening. So just say, mm. um, you know, you've helped a client get, you know, in through their infertility and they're, um, yeah. you know, lucky enough to become pregnant and also the post-pregnancy as well. How can someone then take care of themselves throughout pregnancy mm-hmm. and then, you know, post-pregnancy as well so they avoid something like you with that depletion and yeah. keeping it normal? So it starts with getting a really thorough blood test, in my opinion. So you might've done that in the preconception stage and gotten on top of any deficiencies, but a lot of pregnancies take us by surprise and we're not, or, you know, or it happens a lot quicker than you expect. So Mm -hmm. you might not have had that three months to prepare beforehand. And normally in that three months, we're not only trying to um, create an environment that's extremely healthy for a pregnancy to occur. We want to rectify any deficiencies before falling pregnant, because for example, iron, if our iron's low, it does take three months to actually get back up to normal. And so if you're starting a pregnancy with low iron, it's just going to drop lower and lower. There's really no way around it. It's just the way that pregnancy takes such a toll on our iron levels. So the first thing would be getting a really thorough blood test and checking things like iron studies, vitamin D, vitamin B12, folate, um, and thyroid function and like liver and kidneys and that sort of thing. Mm. Just seeing if there's any issues there. And sometimes the medical system does miss suboptimal issues because they're not quite a full blown condition at this point. So that's why I'm getting a, getting a practitioner like a naturopath to look over your blood test is really important. And then from there, supplementation, supplementation is huge for pregnancy. Mm. Just the way that um, so nutritional kind of, I guess, like sort of the, the quality of our soil in Australia is, is really suboptimal compared to how it used to be. So the quality of the, the food that we've got at the moment isn't as great as it, as it was two, 300 years ago. So mm. we're at more risk of nutritional deficiencies just based on that alone. Um, and you know, we need to supplement when we're pregnant. So, I always say a really good quality prenatal and a really good quality prenatal, you know, it must contain things like folinic acid, choline, um, and then all your B group vitamins, zinc and that sort of thing. And iron, Uh, a lot of prenatals don't contain choline. So if anyone's listening and they are taking prenatal, just go and look and see if there's any choline in the back um, on the ingredients list. Cause that's a really, really important nutrient that's getting a lot more research behind it in the most, um, most recent years around choline and and a baby's brain development. And then vitamin D is normally something you always add on top and a DHA supplement as well. So DHA is a particular acid found in omega-3s and and it's really essential for a baby's growing brain. Mm, Wow. And And calcium, sorry, calcium powder is a big one as well. 
Amazing. Yeah. Like you said, mm. we're just unfortunately not getting those nutrients in the foods like we're used to. So yeah. you know, the supplementation, we're relying on it more. How important is it to have a really good quality supplement? And when I say quality, I mean like a real natural and it is, you know, packed to the brim with the actual nutrient, yeah. over, you know, something that you might get from the chemist. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. I mean, you'll notice the differences. So a lot of my clients that might've just grabbed whatever they saw at the chemist, a lot of them experience nausea just actually initially. And that's something we do not want in the first trimester because of how nauseating that trimester is as it is. Often they're quite constipating um, and they just don't quite contain enough of the requirements needed. So if you, you know, compare different supplements, you'll notice such varying amounts of every, of everything. And you have to imagine your body can only give what it's getting put into it. So if it doesn't have enough B12, if it doesn't have any choline or any zinc or anything like that, the baby won't get as much as it could. And then that means the baby's development is going to be, um, you know, whether slightly impaired or, you know, significantly impaired depending on what's going on. But it is a huge one. Like you will feel better. Your pregnancy will have better health outcomes. And more importantly, the baby will have better health outcomes. So things like zinc is very heavily studied. So zinc deficiency causes so many problems in pregnancy and labor and then the birth itself. So Mm. if we don't have enough zinc, we're at risk of these things developing and same for vitamin D, like vitamin D, there is so many um, studies that show vitamin D increases your baby's risk of asthma, um, eczema, you know, having a small birth weight. So your pregnancy will be uh, I suppose healthier if we're on a really good supplement mm. and then your postpartum period will be much easier on you. You know, pregnancy and breastfeeding takes the biggest toll in our body. Um, and so does birthing. And so if you're on a really good supplement and you, and your levels are really great. So you're like your vitamin D has been high the whole pregnancy. Your iron has remained um, quite good. Your thyroid and your B12 and that sort of thing, you will physically feel a lot better once the baby's born, like energetically and that sort of thing. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So it is that whole, that whole holistic approach to your health, um, you know, mm-hmm. taking the right supplements, um, yeah. getting the right nutrients in your body with you, with the food and everything. It's yeah, it is taking that a look at that whole picture, isn't it? And it, it's good to know mm-hmm. that it starts, you know, right back to those blood tests and really just seeing that picture. Yep. When someone's yep. asking, can you just go to the doctor and just ask for, do you just ask for a normal blood test or is it like a, a more mm. extensive one or what do they ask for? Um, every doctor is really different. So in my experience, some doctors do the full works and then others are more just looking for like, um, I guess they do more of a basic, you know, full blood examination with iron. So mm. it is really up to the patient to, um, to sort of suggest to the doctor, would, would we be able to check for vitamin D and B12 or something yeah. like that? But often B12 and vitamin D are the ones that are least tested in my opinion, vitamin D being the very least tested. So out of the nutrients that, for example, um, help us create energy, iron, B12 and vitamin D are important. But often in my experience, when someone goes to a doctor and says they're feeling really, really fatigued, it's normally just iron that's checked and that can leave people um, having missing information. So, mm. you know, if their vitamin D is low or, for example, their thyroid is under-functioning, they will feel really rubbish until it's rectified. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's so much to it. And obviously like you can help them and, um, you know, talk them through and, and mm. actually read it properly rather than, you know, I mean, I've got, I had blood tests done at the end of last, no, that started this year. Mm. And I remember mm. trying to look, I actually asked for a copy. Um, and I've still yes, there. I, right. never, I never actually ended up like I looked at them, but then I was like, well, how mm. do I actually, you know, decipher this and, yes. and actually, you know, um, read it so it can be not a, not a lot of people they'll actually take them back when i asked for a copy they were really confused of why why Absolutely. i actually wanted it um mm-hmm. just to have a, have a close look but it's really nice to know that you know someone like you can run your eye over things quite thoroughly and yeah really get and i do I do recommend for all people listening that when you get a blood test ask for a copy because mm. then you can look in your own time and see if you notice any trends with your blood test, because normally if you're going to the same doctor's clinic, your past blood test results are going to be listed on there as well. And often that's where you see issues which is like, oh, my iron has halved over the last year yeah. and I'm feeling more tired. And so that, that might be an issue. And although my, my ferritin isn't being flagged by the doctor as though it's gone down by 50% and that's significant. And I Mm. wonder why that's happening. And maybe that's why I'm feeling so rubbish. And so, you know, just looking at your past results in comparison to now is a really good indicator. Like, Oh, I felt really well back in 2016 and those were my readings. And now I feel like rubbish. And these are my readings. What's different. Yeah, If you, if you don't have a practitioner to look over them for you. Yeah. Wow. Uh, mm. So let's, let's take a look at someone that might not be in the, um, the fertility realm or the pregnancy yeah. realm of things. Other hormonal thing, other hormonal um, conditions, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're rife at the moment, right? Like, you know, in the last mm. however many years, we're just seeing such an increase and, you know, it's, it's hard to balance women's hormones on the best of days. What are the, what are you seeing coming to clinic at the moment? Is it that PCOS and your um, mm. endometriosis and things like that. And what what are things that people can do on a natural sense or a holistic sense around those kind of conditions? Because mm. oh, I have I, I have um, PCOS and you know I know it was mm. a big issue for me when I was um, getting pregnant, but just beforehand I had no yeah. idea until it was till it you know I was trying to get pregnant. It's interesting you say that because a lot of issues are only noticed when you're starting to try for a baby. And yes. by that point, you are wanting a baby right there and then. Like the mm-hmm. moment you make that decision to have a child, you really want it to occur that month. So unfortunately for women that are leaving little niggly issues that they kind of know isn't quite right, but it's not enough to really bother them. For example, in a regular period. So if it's irregular, like it's coming sometimes 25 days, sometimes 35 days, sometimes 31 days to a woman that doesn't want a child that might not really bother her because it's just like, whenever it comes, it comes. But for a woman trying for baby, that is the the biggest obstacle in having, in having the baby that you want. So Mm. I think my number one advice is you have to really look at every aspect of your menstrual cycle and see, is this normal? Is this sort of, um, and I speak a lot about on my Instagram, what is a normal cycle and what sort of maybe a a red flag, not a red flag, but a little flag, like "Mm, that's not quite um, how it's meant to be. Mm. And so like, just, just getting on top of them, even if you don't want a baby for a really long time, or you never want a baby, it is really important to rectify things because that it does impact your overall health. Um, But polycystic ovarian syndrome is something that we deal with a lot. 
And if it's not polycystic ovarian syndrome, it can just be polycystic ovaries. So lots and lots of cysts or follicles. So cysts and follicles are the same thing uh, on the ovaries themselves. And that's probably the most impactful thing. And that's normally the biggest cause of a reg- of irregular periods. So if you're having an irregular period, like nine times out of 10, it's because your, your, your ovaries um, have too many cysts on them. Mm. And it just comes about that one egg is really struggling to release correctly when there are so many follicles fighting, um, fighting for release. So, Mm. you know, the irregularity comes from ovulation. Um, but just looking at your cycle, seeing if there's any issues and then, you know, really seeking out a practitioner to guide you on what might be the root cause of the issue. Um, I mean, one small thing that women can do at home is flaxseed meal. So flaxseed meal or LSA powder. I normally recommend a tablespoon a day in breakfast or on yogurt or in a smoothie or on porridge, just because it is so amazing at balancing our hormone levels. Um, it's a phytoestrogen, so it's really good at balancing uh, hormones, but also it's high in fiber. So our body puts old hormones into our stools and it's meant to excrete it out daily. And when we don't pass a regular stool, the hormones absolutely recirculate back through the bowel wall into the bloodstream and then meddle with our yeah. other hormones. So we do want to pass a stool daily. And so like fiber, fibrous foods like flaxseed meal encourage that, but also our phytoestrogen um, as well. Wow. What are they other, mop up um, old hormones? Sorry, they mop up old hormones as well. That's incredible. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. There is so mm. much, there's so many benefits to having, you know, um, to being regular. Um, yes. Oh my gosh. Cause that's how the way we're, we're detoxing and getting rid of everything. That's incredible. Yeah. If you could say five foods people could eat in their diet today for, mm. you know, for, to increase their health, what would it be? What would your top, top mm. five be? Yeah. Good question. I would say avocado. Mm-hmm. Um, that is one of my favorites because it is so packed full of omega-3s. So fats, like good fats, are just the most beneficial um, sort of nutrient you can eat. I would say dark leafy greens. So your things like your spinach, um, just because of the iron and the magnesium. So magnesium is the car that takes our energy out of our cell and drives around the body. And so when we don't have enough magnesium, energy does stay trapped within the cell and it can't move around. So that's where you do get fatigue. So um, magnesium is low in our soils in Australia. So the foods aren't as high as they used to be, but still dark leafy greens are a huge hit of magnesium. Um, I would say the flaxseed meal because of the phytoestrogen component Mm -hmm. and also the fiber component. I really love eggs. Eggs are just a powerhouse. They've got omega-3s in them and B12. Now, B12, without enough B12, you will feel so tired and feel extremely flat mood-wise because think of, I sort of explain it like the analogy of you're crossing a river. If you don't have B12, there is literally no way for you to get from one bank of the river to the other. And that that other bank of the river is a lot of serotonin and happy hormones. So if we're starting with 
with, you know, making happy hormones to get to the place of lots of happy hormones. We actually need B12 in the middle as a stepping stone. So without B12, the process just won't go ahead uh, as, as, as much as it, it could do. So I think that's a really big one. And then I would say trying to include um, foods that are good for your thyroid. So Brazil nuts are a really good one for thyroid function because they've got a lot of selenium. Mm-hmm. So without selenium, our thyroid will be making lots of T4, which is the main thyroid hormone that the thyroid makes, T4. But T4 then needs to be converted to T3. T3 is the actual hormone that does all the work for the thyroid. So T3 sets the speed at which our body functions. So our metabolism, our hormonal rate, um, the way we burn food. And so without enough selenium in the body, T4 won't be able to go to T3. So again, it's the stepping stone for that conversion process. And so having Brazil nuts, like a handful every few days, is a really good way to make sure that's going to keep keep going over and over so we've got lots of T3. That's amazing. I went to a Reiki healer recently and she told me, she told me that I was um, low in selenium. So that's oh, interesting. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah it certainly will impact your thyroid. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's mm. so interesting. Is there anything mm. you haven't covered today, Melanie, that you'd like to chat about? Um, I could keep talking I to think, you for so long. <laughs> I know. I know. I think, I think we covered a lot, but one thing I sort of would end on is if someone listening thinks there's something going on with their body, but they've been told they're fine. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. do implore them to not fixate on that answer and instead seek another practitioner and another practitioner. So you really do need to push for answers. And I, I don't want anyone to ever accept feeling rubbish because that's not the way the human body was designed. So just keep pushing for answers and just seek out other practitioners that have different skill sets yeah, absolutely. And that, yeah, that's such a big thing, isn't it? Not just settle for that and going even right back to the start is not settling for that mm-hmm. feeling of depletion as well. Like that's not normal. That's right. Feeling amazing. Yeah. You know, everyone should access that and everyone should have the yeah. ability to feel that way. Yeah. that's mm-hmm. so And a lot of people don't know how well they can feel because they just mm. haven't felt well in a really long time. So a lot of my patients, um, we find after six weeks, for example, four to six weeks, they're like, oh my God, I didn't know that I could have this amount of energy. I thought what I was experiencing was how it was supposed to be for me. And it's like, no, you're not meant to feel like that. That's not the way the human body was designed. Like the human body was designed to feel like shit every day. I don't know how the human race has just continued for such a long time. Like it's not, not how it's supposed to be. Yeah, that's right. That is, um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've given such wonderful, beautiful information today. Thank you so much. And Thank you, you. you have a um, wonderful Instagram account as well. How can people reach you for to, to follow along yeah. as well? So my Instagram handle is at the natal naturopath and my website is www.thenatalnaturopath.com.au where you can find... Um, all the different things that we do and how we work and Instagram would be the place to see the most of me. That's where I'm most, that's sort of my platform where I am the most. Mm. So yeah, head on over. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, we've got a lot out of today and thanks for our chat. Mm. No worries. Thanks for having me. Bye. 
How wonderful is Melanie? She brings such a wealth of knowledge and she's so beautiful on the inside and out. I got so much out of today's episode and I know you would have too. I would love to hear your thoughts and your learnings. You would have had an aha moment along the way for sure. All you have to do is take a screenshot of your phone with this episode on your screen right now and tag us on socials at Hayley underscore Morecambe and at the natal naturopath or jump over onto the post promoting this episode over on my Instagram. And yeah, let's continue the conversation there. Uh, Share what you learnt. The more eyes and ears that are inside this episode and this podcast, the better. That is the goal is to spread the message of health to as many women as possible. Every single woman deserves radiant health. We all deserve to be walking around feeling so great and running at such a beautiful vibration. We all deserve, we all deserve good health. That is the goal at the end of the day. If you're feeling even more generous, if you could write a review for this episode as well, for this podcast, I would absolutely love it. All you have to do is scroll down to the bottom of the playlist inside the podcast, the Apple podcast app, and it takes a couple of seconds. Hit write a review, write it, and then submit and you are done. Thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us today. And until next time, sending you so much love and so much light. Mwah!